0: Unfortunately, we have some communities, very small communities, and few families, they live in different areas, they have no one. So they need to get to know to each other. This is our goal. We bring all together. We we connect all as we use our network. So we make our uh, communities stronger. We open opportunity to them, to their children, to find the best pair from their culture, from their religion, from their understanding, so they can establish a stronger uh, family in the future. Welcome to Crossing
1: Faiths. Today we have, uh, I'm very lucky to have a representative for the Grand Ayatollah Ayatollah Sistani uh, on on air with us, uh, Syed M.B. Kashmiri. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, my friend.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: You know, we uh, we met some time ago. I want to say maybe ten years ago, and uh, uh, and you have an office in in uh, in Virginia, Fairfax. right?
0: Yeah, Fairfax, Virginia.
1: Fairfax, Virginia, and we we sat down and chatted a little bit. And I know I was there with my good friend uh, uh, Mustafa Agwan, who was so nervous to have me there because he. You, it, was, was, it was a
0: pleasure it was a pleasure
1: yeah yeah because so, you know we always chat and, and gab a little bit uh as friends even if we've just met so but i i appreciate you taking the time um and uh so we just wanted to kind of get into it a little bit uh and maybe uh i'm we, when we spoke initially i was chatting about who you were um and who you who you are and who, and who your family is i mean you're come from a long line of. Uh, of of learned scholars and you're one of the few uh major jurists out there uh in 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 the ummah um and and so my grandfather would always say to me my great grandfather would always say that our family lineage is ancient and indisputable and he raises his hands in the air um but but maybe I could chat with you a little bit about what does it mean to come from a family of 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 faith and and uh and and, and and so you have that sort of legacy and then what does it mean to to be to, to what does it mean to actually be that person where you're representing a faith in, in today's modern times
0: thank you so much uh, for giving me this opportunity and it was a pleasure and honor uh, that you came to my office a few years ago uh, we get to know each other and we had good discussions and again you started again Right now, through this podcast, uh, it seems uh, very good, uh, optimistic, and uh, thank you again for making this opportunity, serving community and serving humanity at large. Um, Also, I would like to start with congratulating you and uh, our beloved audience, uh, the holy month of the blessed month of Rajab. According to the Islamic calendar, we have three blessed months. Uh, They come together: Rajab, Shaaban, and Ramadan, uh, where we enhance uh, our spiritualities and make try to make ourselves closer to uh, God. Um, According to the questions, your question, um, I can uh, I can answer it from two different perspectives. Um, coming back from uh, religious family, faithful family, and lineage to the prophet, um, it has one aspect, uh, which is a bless, blessing from God. And it gives us a lot of duties and put us on our shoulders, a lot of responsibilities. And we have to be capable to that and, and responsible to that. But from other aspects, honestly, we are all human. There's no differences. You come from a spiritual or faithful community or not, or family or not. It's on you. You identify yourself. No one else can give you identity as you make it. So as much as you understand yourself, you understand the relationship between you and your creator, God, that really will will give you the value, will will value yourself. So from these two perspectives, maybe uh, the the answer would be two. Uh, Two answers, two perspectives, as well as being a religious scholar, it adds to you more responsibility. And beyond that, when you become a representative of jurists, at the level of Gandhi Ayatollah, that is something really um, puts a lot of burden on you. So your life, your behavior, your every second you go through it, it wouldn't be just uh, as a normal uh, person, a normal um, faithful person to practice your religion or practice your life. Definitely, it has a lot of responsibility. Um, Even on my personal level, I personal level, I'm a scholar, I, I'm a speaker. I go to community and work with community on individual level, not only community level. Um, I practice my normal life. But when you have this title, unfortunately, even you go to a center or to a group, they invited you because of your name, not your title. They invited you to listen from you Still, I face this problem. Whatever I state, they related to the religious authority, to the merger. So, again, I see myself, I'm tied, I'm not free <laughs> to even my social media. I have accounts on social media, I use them just to follow up and see what's going on in the world. But unfortunately, I'm not too active on it for this reason, because whatever I say, even it is my personal account, it is not my organization account. Uh, People rely on it and say, okay, see, this is the representative of Ghandari Tullah. He said this and that. So it is Mm -hmm. pros and cons, uh, like everything else. Yeah, it is, it it is challengeable. It's not easy.
1: It was always tough when I was at the American Islamic Congress, we we would always um, be very careful about what we say because the t- just the title, American Islamic Congress. It would be as if we were speaking for all American Muslims, and, and so we had to be very, very careful. Um, well, I so here's here's maybe a, a, a an interesting a question that I've always wanted. My my family and all of our families are are uh, we have a lot of uh, helped form who we are, and uh, and I always quote my grandfather, my great grandfather. He died when I was, passed away when I was ten, and uh, and so what's what's when you think back to your your upbringing when you think about your your father grandfather great-grandfather i don't know did you know your great-grandfather was he
0: uh, no just my father i didn't see my grandfather okay,
1: okay. I mean, what's what's one of your earliest memories of 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 um getting getting to know who you are in in this in, in what you like to call the, the responsibility of the faith heading in that path. Maybe you could tell me one of the, one of the, like, when you think back, you go, Oh, you know, I, I, I remember, I remember Papa putting a Quran on my head and, and I had to balance it and walk forward and backwards. And I go, I don't know what I'm doing. You know? So, so it, it was, it was, it was a funny moment in time. Uh And, and while I'm reciting, when I'm studying my prayers, right. And I'm slotting up. Um, and so I, it was about discipline, but he was also kind of poking fun at me. Uh, but uh, but I what's what's an idea? Can you tell us something you know about what's when you think back of uh, of a memory of interacting with your family what, and, and what 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 comes up? What's what's the first thing that comes to your mind?
0: Uh, yeah, let me let me start something before my life. Maybe that will open the window to talk a little bit more. Um, we are. We are coming from a family lineage to Prophet Muhammad uh, through the uh, through his holy uh, progeny, uh, twelve Imams, infallible Imams. We are lineage to Imam Muhammad al-Jawad, uh, the son of Imam Ernaza. So the ninth uh, Imam of the twelve Imams. Uh, my number comes uh, th- uh, thirty-seven in in order. And uh, through this uh, family tree, um, the the ancestry, uh, we have so many, so many scholars, uh, uh, people who, individuals who contributed to the community. And unfortunately, due to the oppression of uh, Umawis, Abbasid, and later Ottomans, um, because, following of Ahlul Bayt, you know, so many politics things uh, happened during the history. So my grand grandfathers, they uh, had no other choice except just just to immigrate. So they migrated from Medina, the city of Medina in, in uh, Syria, in, uh, in Arabic Peninsula. Yeah. Uh, they immigrated to Iraq. And uh, then to Iran, then to Pakistan, then to Kashmir and India. So,
1: Which uh, is where you get your namesake, Kashmir.
0: Yes, yeah, that, that came later. But uh, if you are familiar with, uh, with so many Shia people called uh, Naqavi, Taqavi, uh, Razvi, Nakvi, uh, Burq'i, all these families are coming from Imam al-Jawad and Imam al and they are spread. All the way from India to Pakistan, Kashmir, Iran, Iraq, uh, and uh, Hijaz. So, uh, my my direct grandfather, Said Mortada, at Kashmir, he was very famous, very spiritual person. He used to live in in uh, Kashmir for a long time, and when he g- get back to Iraq, Najaf, uh, we we are from Najaf, Iraq. I was born there. So people start to call him just to distinguish him from other uh, Radawi uh, uh, families. So they start calling him Kashmiri and this title came to us. It is not official on my paperwork, my no. identification, but uh, usually wherever you go in the, uh, in the world, in Iraq, Iran, Gulf countries, here, wherever you go, no one knows us with the name of Radawi or they call us Kashmiri. Uh, I was uh, born in Najaf. I raised there for a uh, few years, actually. Uh, in fact, 12 years. Then uh, under Saddam regime, Ba'ath regime, uh, we had no other choice just to uh, leave Iraq because uh, majority of my uh, brothers, uh, they get uh, oppressed. And some of them, they were in jail some of them, they, they get uh, uh, a lot of troubles and I didn't see them for uh, many years in different cities and they, they hide themselves. Then uh, for maybe less than one year, 10 months, uh, myself, my younger uh, brother and my mother, we had the opportunity to leave Iraq uh, undercover to Kuwait we stayed there for 10 months. Then uh, another one of my brothers in Iran, uh, he came to us and he brought us to Iran. I personally started my life, uh, my studying, my high school in Iran in city of Mashhad. I used to live there for four years. Then I moved to Qom city. Qom city uh, because of two reasons. Number one, uh, there are so many Arab community there from Iraq, from Lebanon, from Gulf countries. And you go through the street and you speak Arabic very easy. Uh, Whatever you need is available. It was easy from this perspective. So we lived with our culture, with our... And the other reason uh, I'm coming from a religious family, faithful family, uh, family. so I I had this intention to study, to start my religious studies. So I started it in Qom. Uh, yes, I started some uh, advanced classes in Mashhad, uh, but in Qom is different because we have the same system we use in Najaf, Iraq. Hmm. We had it in Qom because we had so many hundreds immigrants, ulama, scholars from Najaf to Qom. So they brought the same system. The system of uh, Hawza, uh, the seminary of Qom, little bit is different. Uh, in curriculum and and some other cultures they have. So that was another reason brought me uh, to live in Qom. Out of 17 years living in Iran, uh, four years was in Qom, in Mashhad, and the rest, uh, 13 years, uh, in in Qom. So I studied most of my studies uh, in in Qom during that era.
1: And what period is this? What were the, like, what what years we talked about? Yes,
0: that uh, when I uh, came from Kuwait to Iran was 1981. Okay,
1: 81.
0: Yes, Uh, then 1984, end of 1984, beginning of 85, I moved to Qom. Then in 1997, I left Iran to Lebanon. Uh, I stayed uh, in, in Lebanon for three years, and also I was... Uh, doing my uh, religious activities uh, in both sides, learning and teaching, Um, three years. And in that time, also, I get involved with academic. I start studying uh, uh, society, uh, sociology in in Lebanon. But unfortunately, uh, due to travel I left Lebanon. I didn't complete it. But uh, meanwhile, my marriage was from Lebanon during that era. Okay. So in two thousand in two thousand I uh, get opportunity. If you want to take to talk about it later, I can talk. Um, I might get to the United States, and I started my life in America in two thousand in Los Angeles, Orange County, and until now, so, I'm
1: here. And the opportunity was along was was as uh, working with. Was the opportunity for this to stop with, with the Granada that I told Sistani in, or was this, uh, actually, what was
0: the Actually, no. Uh, simple invitation came to me um, as a speaker, as a religious speaker. We uh, revive Ramadan month uh, every night with the spe- speech, and usually we do this sculpture and all our masajid. There's Ahlul Bayt uh, mosque in Pomona, uh, oh. suburban of Los Angeles. South California, uh, they invited me um, to, to uh, give a speech during last two months of month of Ramadan. Uh, in fact, in 1999, exactly okay. was 1999. Um, I had this opportunity, I, I get visa and I went there. So they liked me, they said, we, we want you here to be here with us. That was a very difficult decision, to moving from Middle East to America, to Western. I had zero English language skills. Uh, I had nothing uh, of America, just I know America through movies from Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. When I came this uh, two month, uh, two weeks here, also, I stayed another two weeks just to visit some other cities. I had some friends to discover this this land. Uh, it was interesting for me. So when I get back and they ask me to join them as a, a resident scholar, uh, I asked them to do it through the Office of Religious Authority because this is big, this is a huge responsibility, and I can't do it by myself alone. I need some support. Um, they they made official request to the Office of uh, His Eminence, Grand Ayatollah Sayyistani. So they coordinated with me and they asked me to revisit the the place again for month of Ramadan. So the first one was uh, Muharram. Uh, I'm sorry. The first one was Ramadan. So again, they asked me to go, uh, rejoin them again. It was uh, in Rajab exactly like this month. Okay. Just to get ready for Ramadan. So I came uh, uh, back again to them um, as a test. Let's see how it works. And it wasn't uh, work, visa work. It was just tourist visa uh, as a test to see how was it. And visa at that time, we had opportunity to stay for six months, right? So um, slowly, slowly, it seemed uh, everything was going well. Uh, I received, so see, I'm I'm going to go to details. I will kill your time with this.
1: No, it's okay. It's, I, what, want, I want want I want want you to talk about yourself and what's going. on, please. Meanwhile,
0: I received a call from the office. They said uh, there is interest from the area that they need you to stay there, uh, but uh, we need from you to do to write a report for us. So there is an issue in Seattle, Seattle, Washington State, and also uh, there is some issue in Dearborn, Michigan. Uh, you have to meet some certain uh, persons, uh, leaders, and uh, Islamic centers. And I had uh, also another trip to New York. So they asked me to write down a report and, and see the issues there. Long story short, after all, making all these trips very fast, meeting with many people, different people, day and night, I prepared a report for them, what's going on and what's needed. They liked it. They elected immediately right after that, they said, okay, uh, we can help uh, you, we can support you. If you are interested to stay with Ahlul Bayt mosque in Pomona, at least for one year, two years uh, more, stay with there. find uh, your stability there. Uh, we are in, uh, we are interested uh, to open, official office for his eminence representative in, in America um, due to your report. Your report was accepted, and they studied it, and it's valuable. So story of Imam, I-M-A-M, Imam Mahdi Association of Maja'iyah, uh, starts from that date. Okay, in- so that's out- the
1: organization in North America. Exactly. You guys call it Imam, and it's the representative entity of, of exactly. his eminence
0: as a Sama. liaison office of his eminence in North America. Um, so later in 2002, I start my paper works, preparing many things, uh, while I was leading the uh, Ahlul Bayt Mosque as a daily li- daily basis uh, services. Um, in 2004, uh, officially, Imam, I M A M uh, Imam Organization, Formed officially, and we got 501 c three, and we started from there. And the office uh, does many things. Uh, that's a different story. If we, if you want me to talk about it, we well, can it's the representative office. entity
1: of, of, of His Eminence in the country, and so you you represent um, there's the, the the Sistani's uh, His Eminence the Sistani's community, and the Ahui community has been integrated. What what's, what is that? What are the, what does this entity, entity do? Like what, what would be, how does it, how does it uh, represent the community both outwardly and inwardly? Like what what are the, what, what, what is, what's the, what's the role both as far as like, this is engagement, right? We're not, we okay. don't come from the same maktabs, right? So, so this is part of what you're charged with is multi-faith and interfaith engagement on the outside. Well, and but so how what do you do on on sort of internally with the, for the community? What's the role internally? What's the role externally?
0: Yes, perfect. Thank you so much for this question. <clears throat> so during the first two years, my two years, uh, I was serving in Islamic center, local Islamic center as a resident scholar. Uh, this is really basic work, uh, like any churches, uh, church or any synagogue. You see a rabbi there, you see a pastor here, there. To serve on weekly or daily uh, basis. Um, so many things Imam, uh, as Imam leader, religious leader, resident scholar, uh, do, solving families' issues and serving uh, chaplaincy, serving uh, religious worship, uh, rituals. So many things in Masjid we do. But when it comes to organization, to Imam as a liaison office of Uganda Ayatollah, of of religious authority. No, the work totally shifts, totally shifts to leadership at large. So we support scholars, resident scholars, resident alim of Islamic centers. We support entities, uh, institutions like schools, Islamic centers, or projects. For, For example, you are not a religious scholar, you have no masjid no uh, islamic center but you have project in mind this project could be um, handled everywhere anywhere in academia in, in uh, other places maybe as long as this project comes with the uh, with the scope of our organization's goals objectives also you will be supported so our main job as a major representative to expand and extend our hand to all uh, Shia Muslim, American Shia Muslim uh, leaders, religious scholars, activists, uh, whoever, irrespective of their background, irrespective of their uh, uh, gender, or irrespective of their uh, ethnicity. We have six ethnicities in America. We work with them all. And uh, not only America, also United States and, and Canada, North America. I mean, so wherever and whatever we can, uh, per the capacity we can support, we do. Um, to make it easier for you, on Imam website, I M A M website, Imam-us.org. Uh, about us, if you open the menu about about us, uh, you will see a title called. Blueprint for Shia Muslim America uh, in North America. Blueprint for the Shia Muslim in North America. Uh, It is a detailed document, but really it gives full understanding, full picture to understand what is our job and what's our uh, uh, role. When it comes to enhance the American Shia Muslim community to be in equal like other successful community in America, this is in short.
1: right right. So so we, like, we, what's an example of a project in the, that you that you're currently yes. um, implementing Perfect. or with, Ameri- with with the Shia community what's Perfect. A, or uh, maybe your favorite project you
0: know? Perfect. Uh, one of the project one I, I will mention two or three for you if, if your time helps. Uh, one of the projects is uh, annual conference for uh, scholars. So they come from different states, from different uh, areas of North America. Uh, they exchange their expertise, their experiences. They uh, discuss the challenges, and also they try to find some solution when they get back to their local communities, how to solve it. So uh, our scholars, unfortunately, in this large area, America is so huge, Canada is so huge. Um, our scholars, they feel, uh, they feel unsupported. They feel lonely. They feel they need someone to, to sit down in their level. So when they come, uh, spend two or three days, two and a half days together, they recharge themselves. They exchange their ideas, uh, opinions and, and experience and they get back to the community again with uh, fresh uh, ideas and and uh, fresh uh, projects. So uh, this is one of the uh, projects we do. Uh, It's true, I'm saying it's very simple right now, very easy, but really it means a lot. When they get together and they plan and they strategize uh, things for the future. Uh, This is really uh, important and always was good for us even in leadership position to take notes and to make report to the religious authority what's going on from all this uh, uh, Shia, Muslim, American, and Canadian in different areas. This is one of the uh, simple projects once a year. Uh, One uh, of the other projects, which is um, social project. Uh, we named it Azwaja. Azwaja. Uh, we brought it from a verse from Quran about uh, talking about marriage. So right. it is simply it is type of uh, type of matchmaking uh, platform. Uh, it is not open for public. We don't post uh, pictures and and individual information. But this is a platform so all our individuals who are interested in marriage, in finding a good uh, pair to themselves, uh, they go through it and we finalize it. We, we know people. We know all these uh, uh, people from different backgrounds, from different uh, ethnicities, from different, in different areas. Unfortunately, we have some communities, very small communities and few families. They live in different areas. They have no one. <clears throat> so they need to get to know to each other. This is our goal. We bring all together. We we connect all as we use our network. So we make our uh, community stronger and we don't allow them, not we don't allow them, we open opportunity to them, to their children, to find the best pair from their culture, from their religion, from their understanding. So they have stronger family in the future. They can establish a stronger uh, family in the future. This is one uh, of the social uh, services we do. Many other social services we do also, uh, we can talk about. Uh, On educational level, we have so many projects in educational, but I would like to insist right now on one of them, which is very strategic for us. Uh, It's called Mufid, MUFID Academic Seminary mufid Academic Seminary, uh, its main goal, it aims to prepare scholars. In America, we have so many Islamic centers, they don't have a qualified scholar. I mean with a qualified scholar, not only who studied in, in religious studies, and, and he, no, they have to have perfect English skills, not like my, my English skills. Wow. They know the system, they were born and raised here so we prepare them as a scholar for a new generation here. And also the other uh, line of, of uh, students who are graduating from this entity will serve in different uh, arenas, not necessarily within Islam- Shia Islamic centers. No, they do interfaith, they do interfaith, they do engagement. They, they go to academia, they go to churches, they go to synagogues, and they try to use media, um, huge and unknown world media, so they can represent our communities as well. So this is one of the really strategic uh, educational uh, projects we, we have, MUFID Academic uh, Seminary. Yes. Uh, I think within 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 five to seven, maybe maximum 10 years, uh, based on the plan we have, uh, I think we can we will cover the, all need of our Islamic centers by yes of God.
1: Right on. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's I think it's interesting to be able to distill you know some of the activities and how you uh, not only are taking care of the community but but then projecting uh, a different of a different way of, of, of integration in the, the, the American way of life. So when, when it comes to this multi-faith, when it comes to um, um, trying to uh, provide the principles within context of the North American environment. Um, but uh, so, so, so let's, I want to, we mentioned a word earlier and, and I know some of a lot of our audience know, but the, the idea is jurist. Uh, you know I, I, it's uh, I think the idea of, of 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 what you do as a jurist you know arbitrating over the law arbitrating over um uh the faith uh as an authority uh, maybe you could just talk a little bit about uh what 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 the, what the sort of formal definition from your perspective of being a jurist is and then how do you on a daily basis you're arbitrary, arbitrating over issues, you know, and, and some of them are, are really important issues. Some are sort of superficial issues, but uh, but but they're important to that person or that family. Maybe we could talk a little bit about, like, what's a jurist from a formal perspective uh, for our, our non-Muslim community? What does that mean in, in real life, in practice?
0: Yes, uh, so it is a little bit different between jurists and representative of jurists. We are right. limited so jurists at the seminaries like in in Najaf Iraq and Qom Iran uh, what do they do and they are not a lot they are few um, always we had just a few jurists at that level called marja the the highest level of uh, authority uh, around them they come the second level of jurists uh, we we call we don't call them jurists, but they are well expert people who uh, teach. Uh, they taking care of research, uh, researchers and and teaching. So the main job of jurists, uh, number one, number one, they maintain a religious identity by teaching Islam based on uh, Quran text and uh, the, the hadith, the narrations to the prophet, uh, those hadith which uh, really they, they have full confidence uh, that issued by the prophet or his holy progeny. So they study uh, that very well, very deep, very deep. I can talk about this maybe one hour, what mm-hmm. they study and how they instruct the fatwa they reach a level to give fatwa, religious order. They they do ruling. Uh, it is long journey and very difficult, very very uh, difficult, not easy. So the main job they do, they study religion, very deep, and they try to maintain it uh, always. Uh, they do they they present it in in modern way, and they educate and prepare. Uh, scholars to take this responsibility after them. So since the last imam, infallible imam, uh, Imam al-Mahdi, he went in occultation till now over 1,000 years, our religion, our sect, uh, our group and school of thought continued because of these jurists, because of the hardworking of these jurists. And they they gave a lot, they sacrificed a lot during the history this is one job the other job, they arbitrate yes, they arbitrate but the beautiful things here the interesting thing here they don't arbitrate by government they arbitrate in case two individuals or two groups they come to them because they represent the religious authority of God so people, faithful people, they come to them based on their trust and, and iman. They ask them to solve their issues. And just very simple, according to Quran, the Holy Quran and the Sunnah, they they offer the solutions. Uh, maybe they offer more than one solution, one after another. Uh, and people usually they accept Very, very easy. They accept and they give the They say, okay, we we comply. Even maybe they are not too happy of the decision. They say, as long as this is what you see it, according to religion, we accept. So they do arbitration. Uh, When it comes to representatives, they give this, such authority to some of our representatives not all because representatives also they have different levels so they give some representative like that for example for example a couple husband and wife they come to us and they have some family issues we try to reconcile we try to mediate okay? okay and try to make it peaceful and, and send them back to home but sometimes the husband, husband, according to Islam Sharia, uh, he has the power of divorce, not uh, the wife. But uh, if he abuses his wife, he doesn't. He uses his authority in wrong way. The wife, she has the right, goes to home to the religious authority or his representative who is authorized to arbitrate. Right. <clears throat> so they come to us after um, many sessions, not only one session, after making sure there is an issue and the gentleman is abusing her. So we start giving advice. Advice doesn't work, then we give warning. Doesn't work, second warning, third warning, and then we will say we are going to use our authority to divorce this lady she is she is under your oppression and we have to give her uh, freedom that doesn't work so if he still continue uh, puts uh, sticks in the wheel and doesn't listen doesn't want to comply to uh, sharia uh, we use our religious authority and we divorce uh, such wife Uh, so Again, I said jurists, they, they, number one, they maintain religion by studying, doing fatwa and preparing a scholar. Number two, they arbitrate. And this arbitration, they give it to some of their representatives. Number three, three, uh, they get intervene when it's needed. When it's needed, they get intervene in some political uh, issues, social political issues, not always um i know maybe many questions will come in your mind right now so what's the difference between them and the, those uh, journalists who they establish government and they have like islamic republic of iran that's a different story uh, right. that I, I can't talk about it but now maybe that needs another podcast <laughs> yeah
1: yeah well we can get into yeah some of that yeah, but, uh, but
0: this yeah, is but more what, about
1: the community and what you yeah, do and and like i said i think that the clarity on it on being a jurist, the idea of of what it means to be a representative, and then the idea of actually being a jurist because these are these are you know mm-hmm. nerds they're they're pining over, ar- uh, arbitrating over what is going on within precedent right the idea mm-hmm. of decisions have been made based on 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 the um, on the hadiths and the Quran mm-hmm. and but also the activities of the community over time. Yeah. A thousand years, there's precedent, right? So, and then from that, it translates into Islamic law, right? So, yeah. there, there's a there's a book of uh, 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 that 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 gets updated of Islamic law according to the Grand Ayatollah Sistani, right? And and so it's I, I, a friend of mine, I was we were chatting back and forth, and and I showed him a book of Islamic law. I goes, God, it's very specific, and I go, it's specific because someone came. With that issue, and then they made a decision, and then a lot of people are coming with that issue. So they'll say, "This is this is what happens if you come and you you know your your wife passes away and you want to marry the cousin, you know, or something." It's these decisions yeah. have been made before, uh, based on the community trying to figure out what is is appropriate, uh, yeah. and uh, I think a lot of people don't realize how the specificity. of of such, uh, um, of a book of Islamic law, for example. There's a lot of very in-depth detail.
0: Um, Yeah, uh, allow me to finish this point, uh, Sure. third one. So they get intervened in social, political uh, issues when it's needed, when it's really make, there's something huge that might damage Islam, religion itself, or damage Muslim community they will take initiative, they will stand strongly, bravely. For example, just for example, recently, what happened during the last past uh, 20 years, uh, in 2003, for example, when uh, the US Army invaded Iraq and uh, later, after failing Saddam regime, so uh, the plan was, a group of lawyers and a group of politics uh, people from both sides. They, they tried to form a government based on constitution that was already, already formed. Uh, Gandhi Ayatollah uh, Stani, with uh, other his colleagues, uh, sc- other scholars, other uh, religious authorities in Iraq, they, they figured out it is a huge matter And this country will be hijacked 100%. So many people, they start asking. Many people starting asking, uh, Ayatollah, what should we do? And this is the plan. So he gave fatwa. He gave fatwa. It was really political fatwa. He get involved. While he's not a political man. He he, he issued fatwa. He said, uh, no one has the right to form any uh, law. Uh, for this country except the people of this country, so they must be Iraqis, and when they form it, also they have to reform them to the community at large for voting. Right. If, the, if the Iraqi people, they accept it, then it will be a legitimate uh, constitution. Otherwise, any other constitution is illegitimate. Simply, with this fatwa, everything changed in Iraq, and this is what happened exactly. Second uh, time when when sectarian violence happened in Iraq, also uh, his eminence got involved, and he said this word. He said so many things. He gave many uh, statements, but he said this this sentence, which all Iraqis right now memorize it. He was talking to Shia, oppressed Shia. He right. said, He said, Don't say Sunni are our brothers. Say Sunnis are ourselves. We are not brothers. We are ourselves. We are one. Don't right. say we are brothers and you pair uh, you, you compare yourself to others. No, we are uh, one. And he really sends a lot of supports to Sunni areas. He welcomed Sunni oppressed people to Najaf Karbala. And also when uh, uh, ISIS attacked on Iraq and so many Christian, Chaldean people, they get uh, and suffered and they displaced as well as Najaf and Karbala, they welcomed them and they supported them. He stood very strong for them. Um, Everybody remembers in 2014, he issued fatwa called Jihad Kifai, Jihad kifai means anyone is able to uh, fight uh, to go to war and stand uh, in front of uh, uh, isis uh, right. they, they should they should uh, go and uh, in, in under under leadership of the uh, iraq uh, government so so many people over 3 million people they made registration um, about uh, maybe uh, 250 Already, they they get involved and uh, they dissolved Daesh. They dissolved. Uh, uh, they kicked out uh, ISIS uh, finally by Fatwa from Maja. So this is uh, just examples of the third role of Maja. When it's needed, they get involved in politi- social, political aspect and they practice their religious authority.
1: I know. I appreciate you kind of walking us through that because it's an example of how you actualize a, a faith and it's in 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 the context of the sort of the micro and macro right so you've got the family um, and you've got study in the family and then uh, but they, when there's these larger issues like forming a government or or someone or, or an entity that's on the other side of of the community the other side of Islamic Isis there's a there's a there's a there there is a a way in which uh, the conversation moves towards making a decision to motivate the community to uh, get involved appropriately, and so it's. I think it's important for not only like our listeners to hear, but uh, but to hear some of the contextual elements. Um, I know we're kind of we're kind of you know coming up on the hour uh, and uh, and 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 discussing all these issues, but one of the things I about the last element that I wanted to kind of discuss was um, one of the things that that we talk about a lot in the different faith groups when we get on the on the podcast and we chat with people is the idea of, of, of dignity of the human person and and uh, I think it, maybe would we'll just we, we'll lead into this uh, a little bit, uh, but the idea of of the value of, of every individual uh, and and in Islam, Uh, there's, there's a, the the Quran speaks of this as karma ala insan, right? So um, I I was wondering if you could speak a little bit about what, from your perspective, from your uh, um, authority, uh, the Grand Ayatollah, uh, if, what, what is, what is dignity of the human person? What does that mean in, 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 from a, a Muslim perspective? While I have you here as an authority and as a, scholar with this lineage. I, I just want to be able to hear from your from your perspective what this means and how it's actualized in the community.
0: Uh, sure, sure. Yes. And in, in the whole Quran there is a verse uh says Wa karamna bani Adam. Uh, God says we give honor to human, to children of Adam, human. Um uh, also in the Quran there's a verse says inna Say to people, talk when you talk to people, tell them. Say my prayer, my fasting, my life, my death, from day one till last moment I, I live in this world, everything belongs to God. So if we look to ourselves from this perspective, from this point of view, that our existence belongs to the existence of God, whatever we have, it is from him. And also, we will get back to him. That really gives us a, a full picture of what does it mean, dignity, what does it mean, self honor? When God gives gives us honor, uh, give us uh, uh, dignity. We are for a goal, for a purpose in this in this life. Uh, God created us, and He wants something from us. He wants us to represent Him in this land. So, if Allah, if God is merciful we need to show this, how we can practice mercy between ourselves. If God is justice, is just, we need to show his justice on the earth. If God is alim, this is one of his attributes, he's knowledgeable. So we have to fight with ignorance and we have to educate ourselves to be knowledgeable people. The, the In Islamic from Islamic perspectives, Allah has 99 attributes. Each attribute shows a different aspect of his existence that really Prophet Muhammad taught us also, uh, peace be upon him and his whole progeny, that You see all these 99 attributes of God, you, you need to practice it so you will be representative of God on this earth this is what the dignity we understand the dignity of a human uh, being a human being children of adam uh, when you find yourself everything in yourself in your thought in your act- actions in your daily behavior belongs to god you try to represent it on on the ground on the on the earth you will feel the freedom you will feel how much you are valuable. You will feel how you are really on the right path of God. If we do that, if we follow that, really we will become closer and closer to God. We will make this world more peaceful, and we will be a role model for other uh, mankind as well. We need to spread this world, uh, spread out this world to everyone. Irrespective of color, language, um, gender, whatever, because the message of God is for all. Message of Islam is not limited to a few Muslims or Muslims or Muslims and their friends. No, for everybody. Uh, I think uh, maybe many Muslims they don't practice their their job as expected. Um, they keep the word of God for themselves, they don't spread it to their neighbors, their friends. I'm pretty sure I practiced it with my limitation, my language barrier limitation. I practice it with so many friends, even in interfaith, interfaith, I I go, uh, I see it goes very well and people accept it. They feel the dignity, their dignity is within understanding Islam. I know, I understand there are so many agendas, uh, so many political agendas, there's so many anti-Islamic, Islamic phobia is called there, but uh, also we have to do our job, whatever. This journey will continue. You don't expect all, everybody will clap for you and they say, okay, thank you so much. Uh, definitely there are so many different agendas, but from Islamic pers- perspective, this is what called dignity as much as you practice your, uh, your true human values, this is Islamic uh, entity. And when it comes to the holy uh, times and holy places, when you go to Masjid mosque, when you go to uh, Masjid al-Haram or uh, 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 holy sites, and also not only locations, times, for example, the night of Friday, the Friday itself, the downtime, every day on downtime and sunset time, when you practice your religion, you practice some uh, spirituality, you will be closer to God and you will feel your dignity, how it's valuable. And when it comes to not only times, but also to era of times, like Rajab month, right now we are in Rajab, Sha'ban, and getting ready for Ramadan, this is the annual cycle that really washes us and purifies us from any sins, from any deities that might, because we are human also, we do mistakes, we practice sins sometimes, and intentionally we need this uh, circle, we need this purification to be uh, closer to God. So if we continue this year after another, definitely our life, will not be lost. We will, we will invest in our life, and we will feel dignity day after another, irrespective of how much money you will have income, irrespective right. of people who praise it or not, irrespective of you have title or not. Right. As long as you practice it between and you and God, you feel good, right. you are in good dignity.
1: I appreciate you taking the time and giving us your perspective. It's uh, it's very meaningful for uh, uh, for me personally, but also for uh, I think our community to hear from uh, such a respected authority as yourself. And um, and 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 like I said, we've we've met some time ago, but as our I'd love to invite you back to talk with specificity about some other issues as well. So, but thanks so much for taking the time. Thank
0: up. you. Thank you for Thank making you. this opportunity. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.